our service with a reading. Uh, with, with, with readings that are associated with our Advent brief. That's up here. Kim Elliott from Uptown is going to come and lead us in that reading. And when she walks up, grab the, uh, there's a half sheet insert in your bulletin that you can pull out and, uh, and read along. Why do you like the Advent candles? Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. What is the meaning of the fourth lighted candle? The fourth candle is the shepherd's candle, signifying the light of joy that unexpectedly brightened the hearts of a humble band of shepherds at the announcement of Christ's birth. Who were the shepherds? The shepherds were a band of lowly men whose work was to watch over flocks of sheep. It was difficult work, often in solitary and subject to the dangers of life in the wilds. They were often despised and rejected by others who did not value the type of work they performed. What did the Gospel say concerning the shepherds? Luke says, and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Today in the city of David, Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in strips of cloth and lying in a manger.
and she brought forth her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling cloths, and laid him in the manger, because there was no room for them at the end. So, familiar words from the Christmas story, right? But not so familiar if you slow down and think about what we've just read. Christmas is about God on a mission. And Christmas is the mission of God come to earth. There's something that separates Christianity from every other religion in human history. And one way to express that uniqueness of Christianity is the nativity scene. It's the nativity scene. There is no other religion that says that God came to earth in the flesh, fully God, fully man, in one person. And so Christmas, Christmas is God come to earth. In Jesus, God is demonstrating, he's telling the world how much he cares about what's wrong. 2,000 years of toil and strife, right? And, and thousands of years before that, God cares. Not only does Jesus show how much God cares, but Jesus shows how far God will go to rescue his people. How much God will do to save his people. And so Mary and Joseph, Mary and Joseph were given these incredible promises that God had chosen them. God had chosen them to be the Savior's mother and the Savior's stepfather. And so Mary and Joseph said yes to God's mission. Mary and Joseph said yes to the mission of God. They agreed to join God on his mission to save the world. But, but, this is not the scene that we see in Luke 2, 1 to 7. Okay, it doesn't look like this. Look, the scriptures that we're going to be looking at, most of them are in your bulletin. Um, and if you look, it's interesting because on page 6, in this first section, the context here is that Mary is about nine months pregnant. Okay? We've had some births uh, recently. And, and do you know what it's like to be a nine-month-old pregnant woman? Some of you do. Some of you know what it's like to live with a nine-month-old pregnant woman. <laughs> um, Mary is nine months pregnant, ready to give birth. You know that at that time, typically, women are tired, they're anxious, they're nervous. You're getting ready. You don't know what to expect. You have all kinds of doubts. Um, plus, there's this other thing about you're trying to get your home ready. You're trying to get the home ready for this baby to come. And so that's Mary. Right? Mary is nine months pregnant, and then in verse 1, a decree goes out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. So Caesar Augustus was the Roman emperor. He lifts a finger and says, and, and all of a sudden the entire world has to move. Okay? Caesar says, I want a census taken, and the whole world has to move. And so if you are married, nine months pregnant, getting ready, in the nesting phase, all of a sudden, Mary and Joseph have to take a 90-mile journey. A 90-mile journey, hopefully on the back of a donkey for Mary. 
I think about how long it would take for you to go from here to Disneyland. Right, if you didn't have a car. Nine months pregnant. And it's interesting because if you're marrying Joseph, maybe you're thinking, wait a second, we're supposed to be the parents of the king, and yet this other king seems to be the one in power. So Mary and Joseph forced to take a 90-mile journey on a donkey. And when they finally get to Bethlehem, when they finally get to the city where they need to be registered, they can't even find a room. Verses 6 and 7, while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them at the end. They ended up in a barn. In a barn. A cold barn with animals. She had to give birth in a barn. I mean, it's enough to make you wonder, isn't it? Where is God? What is going on? If God is king, why are we here? Why does it turn out this way? And the baby, he's in a, he's in a feeding trough. I've got a friend who loves horses and he sent me some pictures. This is what a feeding trough looks like today. And it may not be exactly what they made it with back then, but it just gives you a picture. Do you want to put a baby in this? This is where they had to lay the baby Jesus. The real nativity scene, when Jesus was born, in these seven verses, it was cold, it was forsaken, it was outcast. It's outcast. And so, what is this lesson from Christmas? When Mary and Joseph said yes to God's mission, the lesson for us is that sometimes living out God's mission is dark and lonely. Can I get an amen? amen. <laughs> sometimes saying yes to God's mission in your life is dark and lonely. Amen. And I know some of you feel this way right now. Where is God? What is going on here? How could this be God's mission? I mean, we struggle with doubts. We wonder. We hit dead ends. And so, if you're feeling alone, if you feel like you're in the dark, then Christmas is for you. Christmas is for you because you are actually with Mary and Joseph. You're with Jesus' own parents in the stable. You're waiting and you're wondering.
And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over the flock by night. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in the manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those whom he has Friends, into the darkness, into the loneliness, heaven speaks. Heaven speaks. That's the lesson that we get from this passage. Into your darkness, heaven speaks. And when God speaks, when heaven speaks, it doesn't just bring a spark. But when heaven speaks, it fills the sky with blazing, glorious light. Verse 9, it says, The glory of the Lord shone around them. And it filled them with great fear. Right? They were so, it was so bright. It was so consuming that they were afraid. In verse 13, it says, A multitude of the heavenly hosts. That's God's heavenly army of light. It turned the nighttime sky into glorious noonday brightness. And what does it say? What does heaven say? When heaven speaks to earth, into your darkness, into your loneliness, what does heaven say? Verse 10. It says, fear not. Fear not. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. These are words of comfort. God is coming to save the world, not to condemn it. goes on and says, it's good news of great joy for all people. This is not simply, this isn't just a message for a specific nation or for a specific group. This message is for everyone. When God comes to save, when God comes to rescue, He comes for everyone. This is an invitation for everyone to understand God's mission, to understand what God is doing. And then verse 11, it says, Unto you is born this day a Savior. A Savior. A Savior to the world. One who saves us. Someone who brings healing, restoration, who fixes things that are wrong, who restores what's been brought down. Right? A Savior is born. Salvation has come. God's mission is to save us from ourselves, to save us from our sins, to save us from purposelessness. Right? God's mission is to save the world. And in Jesus, salvation has come. And so what is salvation? All right, what is salvation? Well, salvation in one word, it's hope. It's hope. Salvation is the confidence that God is active, that God cares, and that things are getting better. And that's what hope is. 
And so salvation, hope, it means personal affirmation. It means forgiveness and acceptance with God. Friends, that's what salvation is. You can be forgiven and accepted by God. God will accept you just as you are. It means healing relationships. Because your needs, your, your deepest needs are so fully met by God that you're able to enter into relationships and you can serve. You don't go into relationships for what you can get, but you go into relationships for what you can give. And that is salvation. Saving us from our selfishness. Hope means that your work matters. It means that our communities matter. And salvation means rock-solid confidence in the promises of God. That in the midst of a world where ideas swirl, where there's contradictory things out there, God's word will be trusted. You can trust God's word. That's what it means that a Savior has been born. This is the offer of God to our world. And it's interesting because as this gets announced, as the angels are announcing it, it's as though they can't even believe what God has done. Right? It's like all heaven breaks loose and it just erupts. The angels don't know what to do. They're like beside themselves. I mean, it's interesting. They knew that God was going to save the world. The angels have been in the presence of God for thousands and thousands of years. Right? They've watched God work in history. They were there when he created the earth. They've seen him act in the flood, in the exodus. They've seen him act in the conquest of the promised land, the exile, the restoration. They knew that God was going to save the world. But they never, ever expected that God would save the world by coming they never in their wildest dreams there's a verse in 1 Peter that says that the prophets talked about the coming of God as a savior and the angels longed to understand those things and so when Jesus is born the angels just go berserk glory to God in the highest do you know what that means? I mean it's kind of church speak but that means if you're making a list of the priorities in your life if you're making a list of the things that are the most important, God deserves to be at the top. God is number one. Glory to God in the highest. Put him on the top. Put him at the, at the top. He's at the top of the mountain. He's number one on the list. He is the most important thing in the universe. And the miracle of Christmas, the mystery of Christmas is that this God has come down. This God has come down because this is what we need. And so God comes down and the angels can't believe it. We should not be able to believe it either. I mean, the angels' response is worship. And that's what our response should be. That's what our response should be. Because for us, heaven still speaks. For us, heaven has spoken, no matter what is going on in your life right now. No matter what kind of week you had last week. No matter what's been going on this year. God has sent a Savior. God sent a Savior who is Christ the Lord. 
Jesus has come to put God's stamp of approval and affirmation in your life. To meet your deepest needs. Right? These are things that are true no matter what your circumstances are. You can have peace. On earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. God is pleased with those who worship Jesus. Who come and adore him. Let's do that together.
Luke 2, 15 to 20. When the angels went away from them in heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that they had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all of these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Okay, so what we see from this next step in the story is that the shepherds fight each other. The shepherds are sent. The shepherds are sent. They hear this message. They watch and they see what's going on and they can't contain themselves. Right? Hey, we gotta go. Let's go check this out. And so they go. They're sent. And this is how it is with God's message. When you understand that a Savior has been born, when you experience Jesus and His salvation, you can't contain yourself. You just can't help but tell other people what Jesus means to you. And so it's interesting that God chooses these shepherds to carry the message to Mary and Joseph. Um, some scholars actually say that shepherds in those days were kind of the riffraff and they were the outcasts. Um, there were different reasons for that. I'm not sure if that's true or not, but I do think that it's significant that God, in, in order to be the messengers, you know, God was using heavenly messengers. He was using angels to announce the message, and he announced it to this earthly set of messengers. And when God chose people on earth, he chose shepherds. He chose shepherds. Maybe it was just because they were out at night, and they were the only ones out there. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe um, God chose them because he wanted to choose people who know how to care for a flock. God turns these shepherds of sheep into shepherds of his people. God calls these shepherds and then says, I want you to give the truth. I want you to give the reality of what you've experienced to these people who are in the darkness and who are alone. I think God does this because it reminds us that He is our shepherd. And we're like the sheep of His pasture. Right? One of the most famous psalms in the Bible is Psalm 23. It says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. And you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. So in the midst of darkness, in the midst of loneliness, in the midst of danger, in the face of death, I fear nothing. Show goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Forever. 
And so God, our shepherd, sends these shepherds to shepherd Mary and Joseph. And in verse 16, they find them. They went and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. And then verse 17, they made known, they told them everything. They shared with Joseph and Mary all that they had heard about Jesus. That he is the Savior. And so who knows? I mean, Mary and Joseph were given promises at the beginning. Who knows how long the silence had been. And now, into the darkness of that stable, right into the cold, it's like they're sitting there with the baby, maybe wondering. And in come these like shepherds, like, oh, they're out of breath because they, were, they, were, they ran. You wouldn't believe what we just heard. You know who this child is. <laughs> the hope of Mary and Joseph begins to grow. Like their faith is restored. When angels come, the angels leave. But right now we've got human beings that know. So God hasn't just told them, God has told the shepherds. God has told the shepherds. And this is news that turns hardship into joy. This is the kind of news when someone comes in and reminds you of who God is and what his promises are. That's the kind of news that makes you rise above your circumstances. And it gives you joy in the midst of your darkness, in the midst of your loneliness. The shepherds bring hope. Now, their suffering has meaning. Right? And Mary, verse 19, Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And this reminder, this message from the shepherd, was like gold to her. It renewed her hope. It showed her that God was still involved. And that God is still on mission. God hasn't left them now to figure all this out on their own. But God has brought the shepherds. And this is what God does. The shepherds being sent, we see that God uses people. God uses people. Who are the shepherds in your life? Who are the people who bring truth, who bring God's truth to you? When you're down, they lift you up. Who reminds you of God's promises? You can't be part of God's mission. If you're going to say yes to God's mission, you can't do it alone. You just can't. God hasn't made us that way. We all need help. We need the support of others to keep us encouraged. So who is God putting in your life? And are you taking time to listen to them? I like this next song we're going to sing. Because we're going to sing, Oh, come all you faithful. This song speaks to all of us. Because some of you have been faithful. Um, and others of you haven't. But the word faithful can mean you know, obedient. can mean you know, tried and tested and you passed. But it can also mean someone who is full of faith. So if you haven't been faithful... I would encourage you to be full of faith. Trust in the Savior that God has sent.
trust in Him, and you can be one of those faithful to come. It's all awesome.
and have the keys to death and Hades. Matthew 28, 18-20 And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. What we see here is that Christmas isn't just their story, it's also our story. It's not just their mission, but Jesus gives his mission to us. And so, a lesson here is that Christmas says us. Christmas invites us to go on God's mission. And it invites us with an incredible amount of assurance. Okay, Revelation 1, it says, Jesus says, fear not, I am the living one, I died, I'm alive forevermore. The beginning of Jesus, his dark and lonely beginning, it continues in his life. It continues in his mission. As you read the rest of the life of Jesus, it continues all the way, and his mission leads him ultimately to the cross. It leads him to the cross, and on the cross, Jesus entered into the ultimate darkness where his life was snuffed out. Jesus entered into the ultimate loneliness. He was forsaken by God on the cross. He suffered the punishment that our sins deserve. And God did that to himself so that he would never have to do that to us. Friends, Jesus is the Savior. He is the Savior. And when you trust in Him, Jesus calls you to participate in His mission. He calls you to do what the shepherds did, which is simply to tell people about the salvation that you experienced, to tell what you've seen and heard, to talk about how your life has changed, to talk about the way that God answers your prayers, to talk about the way that your heart is different than it used to be, to talk about the ways that your life is growing, to talk about the renewed sense of purpose that your life has, because you've said yes to Jesus' mission. Part of the mission is also to be very clear about how you still struggle with sin, Right, that you haven't arrived yet. That life is not always perfect. Sometimes life still is dark and lonely. Right? But in the darkness and the loneliness, Jesus is there. Jesus is there. He gives you a peace that passes understanding. He gives you that peace. If you join Jesus' mission, God will never forsake you. Because Jesus has suffered for you. Right? That's why he says, I have the keys of death. He says that because he wants you to know that the worst thing that can happen, he has unlocked even that. He has overcome death in his own resurrection to show us that there is life beyond. There is life beyond. And when you connect with that, when you have this assurance and this hope, 
for what is beyond, it changes you to better. It gives you strength. And it sends us out. It sends us out because we all have friends that need this hope. We all have friends that need this salvation, that need forgiveness. People who are, they're struggling. Sometimes they know it, sometimes they don't. Right? But loneliness, purposelessness. Jesus says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. He says, look, you've started to follow me, and so I'm going to send you out on mission so that you can help other people to understand who I am, so that they can follow me too. And so Jesus gives us a purpose. Just as we need other people to shepherd us, right? We need shepherds in our life, people that will remind us of the truth when things get difficult. We also need to be shepherds to others. It's interesting because the real gift of Christmas, the greatest gift of Christmas, sends us out to then be a gift to others. It's the gift that keeps on giving. So who are you a shepherd to? Who are you encouraging along the way? Do you know Jesus well enough to help someone else follow him? But Jesus wants to meet your friends, your neighbors, your co-workers, your colleagues, your family members. And he wants to do that through you. And so it's interesting, the sense of purpose, the sense of mission. Jesus doesn't want us to stay kind of fat and happy with him. He wants to send us out so that other people can understand and experience the joy and the happiness that he gives. And what this does, this is like a, this is a gift of purpose. Like you have a sense that this is a part of what my life is all about. My life, in some ways, is about helping people understand Jesus, helping people follow Jesus, and then teaching them to be sent so that they too can experience the purpose. So no matter what happens, no matter what I'm doing in my life, no matter where I am, no matter where I'm going, this is part of my purpose. It's to be sent. It's to be sent. We as a church um, are going to be investing in this purpose in this upcoming year. We are going to be launching um, several things that are going to help all of us to engage in this mission together. And our groups are going to change. The small groups that we have, they're going to change. We've got, we are embracing the mission of Jesus. We are saying yes as a church to the mission of Jesus. And we're going to go further than we really have before. And so, if you want to say yes to Jesus, if you want to be sent out by him but don't know how, or don't exactly know what that means, or wish someone could help show you how to do that, we are with much more focus and much more purpose are going to do that for you this next year. We are so excited as a staff. We're so excited about what God has for us. 
in this next year. It's all about saying yes to this mission. Saying yes, that we're going to do this together as a church. In the meantime, we just need to be about talking about what Jesus has done for us. And that's what it means to go on mission. It means to care about other people in the church and outside. Right? And see how they're doing. Be a shepherd to them. And Jesus wants us to see our lives in some ways. When we miss out on this purpose, our lives are kind of like this rock. Our lives get cold, our lives get hard, our lives end up getting sort of self-focused. But when we exchange our rock for real Christmas and the mission that Jesus wants to send us on, things begin to change. I'm not sure how many of you have seen the movie The Hobbit yet. Some of you have. All right. Well, at the beginning of the movie, and the whole movie is the beginning of the movie, right? It's three movies telling us one story. Um, but at the beginning of the movie, Bilbo's struggling to decide if he should leave his comfortable hobbit hole or not to go on this mission that Gandalf is presenting to him. He's thinking, do I leave what's familiar and what I know well and go out in the unknown? And so he asks Gandalf at one point in the movie, he says, can you promise me that I'll come back? And Gandalf responds honestly. He says, no. And if you return, you may not come back the same as when you left. So here's one movie reviewer said this. It says, in the end, Bilbo ultimately decides to go. Sorry, that's a story. <laughs> in the end, Bilbo ultimately decides to go despite Gandalf's ominous proclamation. And this is a bold choice for any hobbit or any of us. The truth is, Jesus promises us pretty much the same when we say yes to his mission. If we go, we won't come back the same. I think that's why so many people have trouble truly following Jesus. We like our hobbit holds. We like what's comfortable and what's familiar. We like things the way they are. It's not so bad, is it? He says, it may not be bad, but it is not the best. It may not be bad, but it's not what we were created for. And ultimately, it's never enough. It's never satisfying. Only God's mission can truly fulfill the desires of your heart. And he says this, the truth is God's love can be kind of scary because he may love us just the way we are, but he loves us too much to leave us the way we are. And to follow Christ is to have Gandalf push you out on the road to you know not where, but you can be assured of this, the reward at the end will be well worth the unexpected journey. So, this is your life if you don't accept the mission of Jesus. I want to encourage you to exchange your rock for Christmas. In a moment, I'll talk more specifically about how you can do this. 
But this is what Jesus offers. He offers you an adventure, a mission to bring his plan of healing to the world. He wants to use you to touch the people that you know. Let's pray together.